got TW Takes in the house. TW Takes, what's up? TW Takes podcast. That's Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast. So we'll go through all the monikers. The, uh, the man himself. Bishop over at TW Takes podcast. Absolute legend. He is an Irish New Yorker. Big up Bishop. Bishop <laughs> TW Takes. Shout out to Bishop on that one. Bishop from TW Takes. Matt Bishop from TW Takes. Shout out to TW Takes. TW Takes. Mr. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. And Takes. TW Takes. Bishop has, you know, on terrible takes. TWT Takes. Terrible wrestling takes. Bishop's terrible wrestling takes. Strictly for Bishop. Shout out to Terrible Wrestling Takes. Cheers, Bishop. TW Takes podcast. Him and his wife, Mrs. TW Takes. We got Mrs. Takes here as well. My wife. Mrs. Takes. She's the sleeper hit. So good. Thank you, wife. Shout out to Mrs. TW Takes. It's a fun back and forth. Such a small part, but so effective. I'm telling you, that's my go-to podcast now. TW Takes. You want here? Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop from Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop, everybody needs to be listening to you, brother. Bishop, say hello. Oh, shit. Here we go. Back in the booth. Well, back in the basement. Whatever. Who the fuck cares? We're here, though. Let's get it. Fucking TWTakesPodcast.com is back up. Has some issues for some reason it went down. But TWTakesPodcast.com for all audio platforms. If you're listening on a platform that you don't want to right now, check me out. TWTakesPodcast.com. TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs to get the dopest merch out there. Uh, Easily the most affordable merch. Easily the fastest shipping merch. That's there. Uh, Check out the website. We have shit. From t-shirts to coasters to pins to stickers, any little purchase helps support the podcast. It helps pay back what I spent on the items, but also puts a couple bucks into the positive side of uh, uh, the bank account there. And then I can use that to upgrade equipment, build out a studio, all kinds of shit like that. Uh, a lot of, a lot of good shit planned. Uh, other than that, podcast.com slash into the chaos for the mixtape. Mix of the homie Mr. Chaos, TWTakesPodcast.com slash international for the Teespring site. When all of the OG TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs shirts are sold, when all of those shirts are sold, the OG NWO style logo, when all those are gone, I will be ordering the Teespring site logo from a purveyor that can ship it to my house so I can make those more affordable and faster shipping. Shouts to Justin Time 211. He ordered from Teespring site. Took him like five weeks to get his stuff. Mr. Chaos ordered. Ref Marsh ordered. They got their stuff in a day and a half to three days tops. I'm also shipping worldwide. No matter where you are in the world, if you want some, just go to the TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs. There's an international button. You click on that. If you want a standard pin, sticker, whatever comes in a regular envelope, if you want that, select the number one. If you want t-shirts... Select your location, and it's either two or three, and then that'll be either twenty or thirty dollars added to what the purchase price would be, and that just helps offset the cost of shipping. Straight up, for me to ship five T-shirts to the UK is forty dollars. If you are in the UK and you choose the UK Shipping International, it's twenty bucks. You're splitting it with me. That's it. That's it. That's that's all it is. So. Anywhere you are in the world, if you want to help support the show, TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs, click on your international link, or I'm sorry, your international drop down, and help me offset the cost of shipping. 
and I'll get you out there to help you offset the cost of the purchase. TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs for that site of purchase options. Use the promo code TWTakes for 25% off your first purchase only. If you listen to our good friends, good cop, bad cop, uh, Chaos Theory is going to come up with a new promo code. Uh, Wrestling on the Rocks, they got a promo code. Okay, listen to our friends. Check out what their promo codes are. Come back to the page. Order more shit. All right. Hey, I, I just want you guys to have it to help spread the word. Every single person, and I thank them so much, who has ordered, has reached back out to me, be it through email, text, whatever. It's like, yo, when I wear your shirt, people are like, yo, what is that? And I let them know that's my buddy's podcast. I'm like, that's so dope. So dope. So that's all I'm asking. You know, help me help you. Help you help me. How's that go? Oh, no, I'm going to have to watch the Santa Claus 2 again. Uh, either way. Either way. Uh, give it an order. Check out the merch. Like I said, once that's all gone, I'm going to use the, the Ref Marsh logo. Uh, appreciate you, Marsh, for making that logo. That's on the uh, coasters and pins. I'm going to use that logo on the next set of T-shirts. He also made another one that I do want to get made, too. Uh, we'll see, though. We'll see how it goes. But I can't do that until these first set of T's are out. So get your orders on TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs. Now, into the wrestling. How fucking dope has, like, the last eight days been? Eight days. Eight days. Nah, for real, though. Um, the last what? Since SmackDown last week. SmackDown was fire. Okay? In your house. Dope. Raw didn't suck. News alert didn't fucking suck. Yes, it's a low bar to say, but really it's just outweighing all you jerk offs who go, Raw sucked. I can't even watch it. Well, stop watching. Stop watching. Stop watching. Hey, guess what? Don't watch. Fucking hate it. And then NXT. NXT was fucking flames. And again, I tweeted it out. Fuck all you guys for putting it out there. But anyway, that's going to be our next episode. Let's get into Raw and SmackDown and maybe do like a half a preview. Of Hell in a Cell. Let's, let's, yeah, let's get all that out the way. And then I'll uh, I'll come back and do an NXT recap. Because they, they're they're on their own island. Uh, SmackDown last Friday was just... Uh, just great storytelling. I mean, Roman didn't have a match. Rey Mysterio didn't have a match. Dominic didn't have a match. The Usos didn't have a match. And that's what you remember most. That's what you remember most. Amazing. Fucking amazing. That these guys can go out there and just tell you stories. No offense to anyone who had a match. Okay. But this this whole Tribal Chief Uso storyline is so fucking impactful. The way the Usos cut their promos and give you the emotion behind what they're saying. Oh, Roman, you just jealous that we try to be head of the table too. Try to be like you. Try to be... We try, we try to eat too. You're just jealous. The way the way Jimmy is, and here's the thing: we we went through this whole roller coaster with Jay, right? And Jay became fucking main event Jay Uso by saying, "Which one are you?" And this whole level that Jay got built to. And no offense to Jay or Jimmy, but when Jay started, I didn't know which one were you. When Jimmy first came back, I I did it. In the first match they wrestled together, I was like, wait a second, who's who? Through their promos and actions, it is definitive who is who. 
And it really didn't become definitive until Jimmy came back and they go, Jimmy, give us everything. Because Jimmy has been killing the promo game. He has been laying down every line of his promo to get you to feel one way or the next. It's fucking outstanding. Fucking outstanding. Jimmy accuses Roman of them losing the match where they would have won to get the titles, even though they weren't in position for that. But then again, we know the Usos. They can overcome all this shit, right? Yet, they didn't get the opportunity because Roman interfered. So then, he makes Jay get Roman and all this shit. Or Jay gets in the middle of, of Roman and what Jimmy wants to do. And then, Roman's like, yo, fuck it, Jay. Tell Jimmy I'm coming. Gets to the locker room. Roman is chewing up Jay. Sorry, chewing up Jimmy. See, I'm doing it again. But it's it, if they were like two different letters, it'd be a lot easier. Anyway, Roman's chewing up Jimmy. And Jimmy's going back at him. And then Jay fucking explodes. He's like, yo, enough. I'm done with this shit. And he bounces. And where it all fucking clicked for me, where Jimmy is on a fucking puppet string, Roman turned it around. It was like, yo, how could you do that to your brother? You're supposed to look out for him. Oh, didn't you come out first? You're supposed to be the older one. You're supposed to be the protector. That fucking manipulator. Roman is on some shit right now. Some shit right now. He turned Jimmy to on Roman's side that quick because of how upset Jay got at the way Jimmy was acting. Let alone, let alone Roman still doing what pisses Jimmy off. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So the fact that they're able to garner this emotion through, what, segment and segment and segment and segment. No matches. No matches. And then the fucking segment at the end of the night. And no disrespect. I'm just, I'm just hyped about it still. Hyped about it still. No matches for the Usos. And again, no offense to Kevin Owens and Big E. Uh, no offense to Carmella and Liv Morgan. No offense to Nakamura and Baron Corbin. And who was the other one? There was another match. Uh, 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 fuck, who was it? Fucking uh, Ford and Gable. No offense. No offense, guys. No offense. But you know what? The Roman shit outshines you. I just, uh, I just sent an email to a podcast that I listened to. And they were talking about how, you know, they used to respect wrestling. But, um, you know, it's... And for all the same reasons everyone does, right? And I didn't know how to explain all this in words. So I just said, look, if you watch this shit for the storylines and and fuck watching it as if it's a professional sport, you have the ability to get hooked like you would watching any other TV show. And that's what Friday did. Roman, Jimmy, Jay hooked you. And then, again, no offense to the matches, I'm going to skip right to it. The end of the night. Rey Mysterio gets in the middle of the ring, says, Roman, fuck you, man. You crossed the line with my kid. I want to fuck you up inside Hell in a Cell. Now, for everyone out there who wants to fantasy book land and all this shit and say that Hell in a Cell is supposed to be meant for a blow-off and all this, blah, 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 blah. This story was built starting on June 4th when Roman beat the shit out of Dominic. June 11th. Roman 
comes out, gets challenged by Rey Mysterio to Hell in a Cell because Roman beat the shit out of his son. Father sticking up for his kid who got his ass whooped is now Hell in a Cell and the champion. That's all you need, right? We'll do anything for our family. I'll meet you inside of a cage even though you're the most. That's it, right? And how do you feel about it? Do you hate it? Should it be a blow off? No. This is a blood fucking feud. It took one week on the 11th. We're going to get to the match on the 20th. They're not even going to build the rest of the way. Because by the end of the night, when Roman fucking throws Dominic over the top rope to basically ramp land, wherever the fuck it was, and all you cocksuckers on Twitter saying, oh, there was a crash pad. Who cares? The optic was so crazy, me and Mrs. TW takes basically jumped off the couch. But we looked at each other, and the amount of feet of jaw to ground I mean, we were, like, so dumbfounded by the actions that took place because of all the things Roman has done. He basically just killed Dominic. Like, it's insane. Insane. The level of effort he puts in, and everyone involved, but the, the level of effort into this character looking like something nobody can overcome is fucking impressive. It's so fucking impressive. Because you go along, you just watch, and then you see something fucking crazy. So, like I said to that podcast in the email, we know what it is. But if you can watch for the storyline and get hooked, done. Done. We've been watching this Roman for a year. And this is where he can still show us. Something new, something fresh, something just as strong and impressive. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I'm so excited for this match because I don't know what's going to happen. I will put my fantasy booking hat on right now. One shot and that's it. Roman Reigns versus Ray and Dominic for the tag titles to show the Usos this is how you beat the tag team champions. And he wins them by himself. If it doesn't happen, I don't care. If it sets up that way and it's obvious, I'm cool with that too. Because here's the thing. In this presentation of what Roman's doing, he's not doing everything in such a definitive matter that he absolutely wins everything. He doesn't. He then ends up with definitive wins, right? So whether he has to use a chair, um, you know, beat someone up, pre-match or whatever it is. You know what I mean? But he ends up with a definitive victory at the end of it. A la WrestleMania, right? Um, you know, but, you know, people talking shit on the Daniel Bryan win and how he tapped out and all this. So there's always something going on. I tell you, this what he did at the end of SmackDown last week, what Roman did by throwing Dominic and, and laying Ray to waste, I mean, come on. I, I honestly see him challenging both of them for the SmackDown tag team the SmackDown tag team titles inside Hell in a Cell and winning. And winning. And if he wins those titles, what can Jimmy say then? What can Jimmy say then? Honestly, I want to see Roman just stand up at the head of the table and put put have no have Paul do it. Have Paul Put the tag team titles in front of Jimmy and Jay and Roman say, you guys are tag team champions now. Come on. Come on. Come on. All Godfather-like. Do the whole thing. Why the fuck not? It's fucking incredible where they are. But this is why I don't fantasy book. Because if that happened in an offshoot, 
um, how how incredible would that be? And if I invested myself into it, um, I'd be pissed if it doesn't happen. So that's that's my thoughts on that. I, I think what they did, and you know, to interject Ray at this point, uh, it's fucking phenomenal because they've done this before with Ray or Jeff Hardy, and it seems interjected because of uh, status or tenure. Honestly, even when Ray did this with Seth, and it wasn't on the line. There was no title. This doesn't. I don't even feel like the title's on the line. That's just the believability of what Roman's doing. This isn't uh, uh, Dominic getting beat up with kendo sticks, and and everyone like, oh shit, uh, or Ray going, oh you you guys disrespected my son, my family, uh, all that. No, no, he did the same thing with Roman, but this had nothing to do with Dominic. Dominic just so happened to be in the ring. When the Usos were going to lose. So this is how you beat up a child. You put them in their place. It was fant- it's fantastic. It's fucking fantastic. And the fact that we care about Ray in this match. As opposed to Ray losing his eye a year ago. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. These fucking emotions. The way they're doing this is fucking outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. And I- I'm here for all of it. I'm absolutely here for all of it. Let's get on to the matches. We had Kevin Owens and Big E versus Sami Zayn and Apollo. And it's always dope to see Kevin Owens hit a stunner, uh, especially if it's on Sami Zayn. They fucking Apollo Crews is trying to tell Kevin Owens and Big E, uh, I can bust your ass with his ease. And shouts to Kevlar on the Rocks. He said this uh, on, I think it was episode one of Wrestling on the Rocks this week. Aziz looks out of place. He looks uncomfortable, all this shit. I've been saying that since I first seen him. His size... He moves too much like he doesn't know where he is. Stop moving. Stop moving. You don't have to over-exaggerate your position when you're that big. It just, it just, it, it doesn't click. You look less intimidating by how much you move. Uh, but Cruz and Aziz challenge Owens and Big E next week. Fine is what it is. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, Liv and Carmella had a match. I thought in toll of the entire match. It was great to see Liv get the spotlight because that's what the match was about. If Carmella's going to lose, then it's about how good can we make Liv look. I thought it was a bit clunky. I thought they missed just a bit on a lot of positioning. But when they make it a point to show you Liv has a new finisher called the Oblivion, um, this nice mid-rope kind of... uh, what the fuck is it called? Kind of, I mean, like a face buster, but it's it's different. It's uh, fuck. Somebody else has a finisher just like it, but they do it standing. Uh, either way, either way, it was good to see. It's a nice athletic move if the opponent can pull off their part. And I thought Carmella slipped just a little bit. Either way, like I said, it's good to see she gets the spotlight and the highlight on her uh, on her, her her finisher. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Hopefully it continues uh, in some type of direction. Win, lose, or draw. Just keep the women on TV. Keep doing stuff. Uh, Montez Ford versus Chad Gable. Decent match. I am getting a little tired, though, of the Street Profits period with the overacting stuff. When they were doing it as babyfaces to get you hype, dope. When they're doing it on this tweener of heel and they're doing it to accentuate assholeness, it comes off as inauthentic as possible it just doesn't register with me 
I, I don't I don't like it at all. And that's maybe it's personal preference. I don't know, but I've always been that way with heel or tweener characters. I don't need you to over exaggerate what you're saying to make me not like you. I need you to just do the things that make me not like you. So that, that's my gripe with what what's happening with Montez and, and and Angelo right now. It just doesn't doesn't quite click. But the big takeaway from the match anyway is that Otis came out and beats the shit out of Montez. And his face is shaved. Look, it is what it is to me. I really don't care either way. He's uh, it's all he's been in limbo. I mean, Otis has been in limbo for a year. It's not good. Um, I was digging when they put him down the Vader path, and we got to see a Vader bomb again, so that was dope. But I don't know, man. Let's see where Otis ends up. Hopefully, it's uh, I don't know. Maybe they're just building the tag teams. I don't know. Uh, speaking of building, I think we were all hoping to build towards King of the Ring. This Nakamura King Corbin stuff, though, seems like it's going to end up with some type of, I don't know, ladder match for a crown, or I, I don't think they would do crown on a pole. I don't. Maybe just a special stipulation match where the winner gets the crown. But the right move is to do a King of the Ring. Just have a couple matches... You know, one or two matches per show per week until we can lead up to a standard King of the Ring where you get the semifinals and finals on the same show. You get some title matches. You make it a pay-per-view. It's, in my opinion, it's not hard. Okay? I'm not a booker. I don't run the show. And it's not, it's not for me to decide. But the way they're talking about the crown so much and saying King and all that shit, it really... Just harkens back to those days when we had King of the Ring, at least for me, as a kid, to look forward to. Uh, and they had a good run in the 90s, man, with King of the Ring. You know, yeah, they made some poor choices like with Billy Gunn and Mabel. But at the end of the day, it always made you feel more into the character. Um, so, I, I mean, that's my opinion. You know, uh, and it's not, I mean, look, Shane and uh, uh, Kurt Angle was at King of the Ring. You know, uh, I believe the first was it the first Hell in a Cell was that King of the Ring. Yeah. And uh, uh, Undertaker and uh, not Undertaker, uh, Kane and uh, uh, Stone Cold. And afterwards, was that it? I think that was King of the Ring. I don't remember. You guys are fact checkers. I'm not. I don't care. Either way. Either way. Uh, King of the Ring. Number one. Dope ass name for a pay-per-view. Number two. Dope-ass logo. Number three, dope-ass idea. Stop hitting at it. Just do it. Make it happen. It'd be great. I think it would be great. Since I've been back, I believe there's been two. And Wade Barrett won and uh, Corbin won. But I would like to see more. I would like to see more. Uh, And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens if that's coming. Other than that, we had Ding Dong Hello, uh, Bailey and Seth, which I thought was fucking phenomenal. I mean, to have dual heel action on Ding Dong Hello really made it feel like an important segment. And when you use Seth Rollins, who has the gift of being a heel, uh, better than before. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not a big fan of heel Seth because it always comes off too, uh, too swarmy. But if he, if he stops the laugh, which he really has, um, and he does this, I'm just better than you thing, it works. I mean, same thing with Bailey, right? It works that way. So this, I hate drip. And all that shit. I hate the suits. I don't even think they're that dope. Um, 
but his positioning himself as this guy means more as a heel, in my opinion. Um, so I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Um, I love anytime we can get a surprise through the door when there's no walls to hold the door up, I think it's phenomenal. Uh, I thought Bailey did a good job at uh, being pissed that her, her uh, set was torn down. But Cesaro coming through, uh, the ding-dong was, was fantastic. He rings the doorbell, comes through, does a little high thing, beats the shit out of Seth. It's cool with me. Uh, I'm not a fan of Bianca doing a laugh, the old 50-50 booking on the laugh. It's just, you know, we don't need it. We don't need it. Leave leave these things to the characters who do them well and uh, and move on. So, But speaking of moving on, let's jump into Raw. And after Raw, we'll get into a little bit of uh, Hell in a Cell preview because I don't think I'm going to get SmackDown in before Hell in a Cell. So maybe we'll just do a full Hell in a Cell preview. All right. So as you know, I don't give a fuck about what most people say in life on Twitter regardless. It's all the same to me, right? Have your opinions. It's called Terrible Wrestling Takes because, you know, I don't usually agree with what anyone says. And to me, those are terrible wrestling takes. And of course, they would look at me and go, hey, you got terrible wrestling takes. And this is episode 93. So I don't know why I'm fucking justifying this still. But either way, point being, I absolutely love everything that's going on with Alexa Bliss. I mean, the fact that people shit on this storyline just proves to me that they don't watch. They don't watch. If you go back from December of 2020 to now, these seven months that they've been telling the Alexa story and how she's becoming who she is, it is, yes, a piece, a part, an extension, maybe 10% of what possessed Bray Wyatt. At one point, because I was counting it down, I was looking at it, I was watching, paying attention. I used to say it all the time. She used to, piece by piece by piece, be possessed more and more and more, episode by episode, pay-per-view by pay-per-view, more and more and more by the entity of The Fiend. And all of that culminated at WrestleMania. And then she explained it the next night on Raw. That she was no longer empowered by the Fiend. That the Fiend did show her what was inside of her for so long. And that is the spirit of Lily. This is here now. This is new. Is it akin to? Yes, it is. It is. But if you're going to watch Iron Man and then go, well, I don't need to see Spider-Man... Because he just has an Iron Man suit now. Like, that's on you. But this is different. Okay? Or you watch Spider-Man, the first one, and he got his, he has a homemade suit. And then he runs into Iron Man. And Iron Man's like, nah, I got you this suit. And he starts to do his own thing again. You're like, oh, well, that's just Iron Man's suit. It don't, I don't need to watch Spider-Man. Like, that's just foolish. That's just foolish. Are you not going to be in the war machine now because Iron Man's dead? Like, he you got to go along for the ride and take what they give you. This Alexa Bliss storyline is no longer the fiend. This is Alexa and Lily and the energy of Lily. Yes, it did come through by the fiend. Every flame needs a fucking spark, man. You don't go, oh, man, that <laughs> that fire was just a, a match at one point. So, nah, that, that fire was started by a lighter. Man, that's all the lighter's fault. That's why it's there. It's fucking stupid, man. It's fucking stupid. 
Bray Wyatt was a lighter. This fucking uh, California wildfire right now is Alexa Bliss. It's such Bray Wyatt's such a small part of what Alexa does. Yes, she uses the font. Yes, she uses similar music. That's that's the small part. That's it. Everything else is Alexa's take on the Lily energy. Okay, she didn't steal the character from Bray. WWE didn't cut Bray and say, "Hey, Alexa, you do this because you can do it better." That's not what they're saying. And I know that because I'm a fucking insider. No, what we're getting on TV is Alexa using this character and and tweaking the powers to her advantage through her eyes. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. She punishes Lily for going after Shayna Baszler last week, even though Lily was provoked. If Lily doesn't get stepped on, she probably doesn't put Shayna Baszler in that position. I don't know. I don't know. While she's doing that, Nia Jax comes up to her and is like, Yo, cuz, stop. She's my friend. We used to be friends. Blah, blah, blah. They end up in a match. I swear on fucking everything. Alexa versus Randy Orton was not a standard wrestling match. So when was Alexa's last real wrestling match? Well, what was that? Back with Nikki Cross where she changed outfits a bunch? Still was about the character. wasn't about the wrestling. This Alexa wrestling Nia basically puts a hole in my argument that they need to be on TV more often. Alexa killed it. She absolutely killed it. Nia Jax tried her best to be in position, but I'm sorry. It's six foot versus five foot. Uh, what, 120 pounds versus 260 pounds? Like, it's not it's not easy body chemistry. And they tried. It, it that's, that's the only hiccups I saw was in body chemistry. Other than that, Alexa looked fucking outstanding. She looked absolutely outstanding. And almost got a legit win through the power of which she is. That's incredible. That's incredible. It shows the strength of what she's possessed by. It shows her in-ring work is still top-notch. So you have that bit of Alexa, who was women's champion, how many times? Three, four times? Can't remember. You have Alexa there. You have her possessed. And what happened when Bray got possessed? Got stronger. Alexa got stronger through the possession. This story is outstanding. And then Reginald gets in, interferes with the match. I, I, I don't really care about the storyline. I heard some people complain about it, so that's fine. I get it. But that's not, to me, once, once you see Alexa's ability to wrestle, it now akins it to what we're going to see on Sunday against Shayna Baszler. We know that Alexa can wrestle now. Okay, what else can she do? She can fucking possess Reginald. She gave him the fucking the double doink. With the, the head going back and forth and shit. The Xavier Woods possessed. It's working. This shit's working. If you don't like it because you don't like it, that's fine. If you don't like it because it's Bray Wyatt's gimmick, well, you're wrong. You're wrong. And I'll tell you you're wrong on that. Because that's not an opinion. That's not an opinion at all. That's you choosing not to take it for exactly what it is. Which is Alexa's performance. Alexa's performance in this character and this story in particular is fucking outstanding. So to say you don't like it because it should be Brace is fucking stupid. Especially when Bray's not here. Bray is not here. And Alexa's fucking killing it. 
I think she's doing outstanding work. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it when it comes up to uh, the Hell in a Cell uh, uh, preview there. So, But I think it's fantastic. I thought Nikki Cross versus Charlotte Flair, again, I'm hearing some chatter on this too. Hey, here's a terrible wrestling take. Keep going. Nikki, keep fucking going. Because as long as she gets dub after dub after dub after dub, if she gets the opportunity, here's, again, just like when you do this with uh, Charlotte beforehand, you're against me, you're against me, you're against me. Oh, but you still win. Nobody's against you then. They're not causing you anything. Oh, you're going to stop me from winning. Oh, they didn't stop you from winning. If Nikki keeps getting these cheap wins and doesn't get a legit win, then it's a waste. But if she keeps getting these cheap wins, because I, I, I'll stand by it. Every time she's won, she has done everything she could not to lose the match. And as long as you are doing everything you can not to lose the match, then you still win in my book. You're not winning on accident. She was never in position to lose when she won these matches. That's my point. She was never right about to lose. She may have been building towards on her way to that, but never, oh my God, about to tap out, let's break it up. No, I've never seen that. So that's my that's my gripe on that. Let's jump over to Ray Ripley versus Asuka. Now, I've been very critical of them out of WrestleMania, and rightfully so, in my opinion. I mean, again, it's my opinion. I thought they lost a lot of chemistry coming out of WrestleMania. I thought they had a really decent WrestleMania match, but everything past that just looked like they didn't know what to do with each other. Um, Ray did look extremely exhausted. I don't know if she uh, running high on emotions or whatever it is. Uh, no excuses. You know, you get the the chance to step up and perform, you know, you better. Either way, um, I'm curious if they just decided to take their time now because it, it was definitely a lot more fun. Um, maybe a miss here or there, but uh, a little bit of timing. I didn't like how the finish set up, you know, too obvious. Asuka staying bent over like that. But the whole point of the match, which was good, uh, was to have Charlotte come out and fuck around. Um I'm, again, not into it. I say it this way. With all due respect, they better fucking deliver at Hell in a Cell. If they do not deliver at Hell in a Cell, there will be some serious issues on this podcast in how I cover one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, I may go into a deep rant on her opponent, but I will watch this match objectively. I will criticize it properly, give credit where it's due, and and be absolutely fair if I think that one or the other or both just don't have it anymore. So I'm highly critical. Again, we'll talk about that when it comes to the preview. Uh, real quick, Jackson Riker and Elias. I know a lot of people don't like Jackson Riker. I get it. Um, I can only judge what I see on TV. He's being positioned to be a feared wrestler. He does not look bad in the ring. That's all I can say. Um, I'm not invested yet. I don't think there's a path to get me invested. But when it comes to performing wrestling, he's not bad. Uh, He looks pretty fucking good. Uh, But as far as this story goes, I actually don't like it at all. I think there's a, a lot missing here. Uh, especially with Elias. I think Elias is too good to not continue to wrestle to try to get victories, and he keeps walking away. I got a problem with that. Uh, 
Jeff Hardy versus John Morrison I thought was okay. I still have an issue with Jeff Hardy. He just does not move well. And then Cedric Alexander wants to come out and scream like crazy until we can't hear him anymore. Just when his promo started to pick up, his cadence was off. Not digging it. But is what it is. Him versus uh, Cedric Alexander versus Jeff Hardy in an impromptu match for Jeff Hardy's career. We may end up in a uh, Jeff Hardy retirement match in a build with Cedric Alexander. You know, give me an opportunity to put you out one more time. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, my first thought was he would love to be retired so he can go to AEW. AEW fanboys can go, oh, my God, the Hardys are back. And then I can say, yeah, but they're 50 years old. Good luck. Have fun. But, hey, if they can tell stories, tell stories. I don't care. Stories are fun. We also had RKO, sorry, RK Bro versus the New Day. Uh, I mean, come on. Of course it's going to be a dope match. All four can wrestle their ass off. I still can't stand the backstage stuff. If you like it, go ahead. I don't. Um, the in-ring is there. I, I definitely enjoy the in-ring stuff. As long as there's no goofing around in the ring, everything's cool with me. Took Randy Orton a couple weeks, but he trimmed down the beard. So, shouts to the goatee being trimmed. Uh, they get the win. RK Bro beats New Day. Uh, we'll see what ends up with this. I, it does seem like on both shows they're trying to lend some credibility to a challenger for tag titles. So... Uh, what else do we have here? What else do we have before I jump into that shit? I think that's it. Okay, so let me let me get this out of the way. Drew McIntyre, I'm done. I said I was on the fence about being done. I'm done. I'm done. He's completely unrelatable. He was positioned with the Viking Raiders at the end of the show to be the babyface side of a six-man tag. During his match with AJ, he's yelling at Bobby Lashley, and he gave him the fuck you arm gesture, where you smack your bicep and raise your fist as if saying to go fuck yourself. Um, he called Lashley trashly. He goes on these um, monologued rants of some Scottish storytelling that he wants to do. He, uh, he provoked Bobby last week with a sword. He, uh, he used it on a table. I am completely disinterested in Drew McIntyre. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I cannot wait to watch this match on Sunday with Marsh. Because uh, even if it's good, I'm not going to care. And Bobby, I'm sorry for that. But at the end of the day, they have done everything they needed to to get me not interested in in Drew McIntyre. It's just it everything they do, his character work plus presentation – so that was my problem with Roman back in the day. His character was, I am really good at this. We are going to fight, and I'm going to win. And he would go out there and win. And when he would do that, he would have to battle to do it. Fucking battle. A lot like fucking uh, Kushida does on NXT. Even though Roman was bigger and stronger than most people, he still had to fight through, fight through, fight through, overcome and get the victory. And he would tell you that in his promos. We're ready to go. I'll go to war. We're going to fight. I'm the big dog. And I'm going to defend my yard. And Kushida goes out there without the promos. But he has to he has to break down every opponent he has to get the victory. That's what Roman used to do. But what Drew does here is he goes, oh, I'm an arrogant prick. And I deserve everything because I'm the good guy. And fuck you, dude. He literally told Bobby Lashley 
fuck you. And in growing up in my household, you could not smack your bicep in her elbow while raising your fist on the other hand. Because that was treated as a fuck you. That, and you couldn't flick under your chin. You couldn't drag your hand under your jaw through your chin. That was a, a fuck you as well. They might be universal fuck yous. I don't know. I've seen them, in, I've seen them both in movie, movies. But when Drew did that, I said, wow, he really was shown on camera telling Bobby, fuck you. He is not someone to root for. He's an asshole. He's an asshole, not in a way that Stone Cold was an asshole. Because Stone Cold's rebellion was against Vince McMahon and anyone his boss would put in front of him. Take a look back at Stone Cold's runs. His title reigns are not long, and they were always met with adversity. He had to constantly tell people to go fuck themselves. So there, there's a correlation there between the fuck yous and my opinion. But I'll tell you, my opinion changes because of who the character is. Especially when one of them was six one, or sorry, six foot, 220, 230, and the other one is fucking 6'6", six, six, chiseled to 265, 280. I mean, there's nothing overcoming adversity about Drew McIntyre. I'm fucking done, man. His match with fucking AJ was awesome. And we all saw it coming, leading to a DQ into the six, man. And it's like, I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I'm so disinterested in Drew McIntyre. I'm done. So come to the watch along on Sunday. Sunday, June 20th, TLBTakesPodcast.com, and check out the platforms. There's Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook where we will be live streaming. Uh, join the chat. Join the watch along. Myself and at Ref Marsh from Wrestling on the Rocks at WOTR, the show. We'll be doing Hell in a Cell watch along. Uh, but before we, you know, I just want to plug that in there. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I tell you, I'm done with Drew McIntyre. Uh, catch my live reactions to that this Sunday, and it, it should be a blast. Last thing on Raw that I want to talk about that fucking everybody hated and I absolutely loved. Eve Marie, baby. I am the least likely to be an Eve Marie fan. There was nothing about seeing her on TV when I first got back into this that I enjoyed. Um, I did listen, this is no offense to anyone ever, period. I swear on everything. I mean, no harm, ill will on this at all for me and the way my mentality works. If I see the obvious plastic surgery in you, I don't find that sexually attractive. I don't find that physically appealing. So when women on the roster get their fresh lip injections or someone's breast implants don't match the rest of their body as far as my eye goes, and the wife can attest to this. I'm honest about all this stuff. It's just not appealing to me. So Eve Marie was one to me where I never found her physically attractive, physically appealing in that sense because her plastic surgery to me was so obvious that I don't know who's talking to me. Is it the person before they had plastic surgery or the one afterwards? Is this a real persona or is this just another thing that's fake about you? 
And that's just the way my brain works. I'm sorry. I apologize to anyone who thinks that that's harmful in any way, shape, or form. Just being honest about my opinion when I see these certain plastic surgery things. So that was my disconnect with even Marie before. So what I did now, and I'm a little bit more grown too, so I'll admit it could be a childish opinion either way. When she came on for the promos, I go, okay. And you've heard on the podcast and heard me on uh, Wrestling on the Rocks. I will take this as far as they tell me. Everyone online, oh, I can't believe they fire Mickey James and bring in Eve Marie. Eve Marie's no Mickey James. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Because they wanted something different. Eve Marie was a heel the second her first vignette went up. So many people shitting on it. If you watch, I said this before, if you watch it, take it word for word. She is saying nothing in any of the promos to make her a heel. She's talking about being a positive influence on the future. She's talking about how to uh, make herself a role model. She's talking about how she worked harder to be in a better position than she was before. All of this shit. She wants to guide other superstars to success. Everything she said in her vignettes made her such a baby face. Such a baby face in her approach to her career and other people's career and her her ability to be viewed by the WWE Universe. So us as fans should have saw that and took it in as like, okay, cool. She's coming in with a new approach. Boom. Monday Night Raw. Eva Marie versus Naomi. Naomi comes out first. Eva Marie comes out second with... Who is this? And of course, me. I'm a huge, huge Piper Niven fan. Huge Piper Niven fan. If I, I got to go back to my other Twitter account and see how long back I was tweeting at her on how much I loved her performances in the Mae Young Classic. I was calling for her versus Tony Storm. Her versus Becky Lynch for sure. I wanted to see her from day one in the Mae Young Classic. And hey, there's, there's a dichotomy. In attractiveness, I find Piper Niven attractive because she is herself. I've said that basically my entire life. If you if you are yourself, then that's the first thing to being attractive to me. Uh, that's because you can't. There's so many things you can change, and the one thing you can't change is being you. Uh, so I like being me, especially on this show, and I appreciate those who are them. So I anyway, I've always had a liking to Piper Niven, and I find her to the eye test to be outstanding as a performer. She presents herself phenomenally inside the ring. So when I saw her, I'm like, oh, fucking right. But guess what I didn't do? Chastise the WWE commentators for not saying her name. And we found out after the match, after Piper Niven put a beat down on Naomi, why they didn't say who she was. Because when they said, and your winner is, and they left the pause. Eve Marie grants the mic. Your winner, Eve Marie. I'm like, fucking right. Fucking right. Eve Marie is the mentor, the role model, the guiding light, the inspiration, whatever you want to call it, for Piper Niven, who was so excited that she helped Eve Marie get the win because of Eve Marie's mentorship. Because Eve Marie, by proxy, is ex- uh, extended into Piper Niven when she's in the ring. Now, she wasn't out there coaching and shit. She, you are a product of me. You now have one for me. It's fucking fantastic. It is fantastic. And heel move by heel move by heel move without doing anything heelish. All she did was mentor a young up-and-coming wrestler through her experience to a victory over a former champion. That's the story they told us. 
I was like, fucking A, man. That's dope. That's dope. And I hate her for it. And then Eva Marie turns. I saw her fucking abs. I was like, God damn. She's in fantastic shape. I would love to see what she looks like as an athlete because before she did have some non-athletic things uh, to her wrestling. And as far as everything we saw in the vignettes, hey, might be in another another plane here, another another uh, level to who Eva Marie is. So let's see. Let's see where all this ends up. I'm a big fan of it. I enjoy it. Um, I'm assuming I'm going to hate it and hate Eve Marie at the same time. Um, if Naomi comes out and promos it up, I'm not going to fan. You know what? I'm not even going to fantasy book it. I will continue to watch if if this dynamic of Eve Marie and a mentee going after baby faces turns into Eve Marie continuing to get wins. Oh, I will boo. I will absolutely boo. So that's my take on SmackDown and Raw. Let's jump into a quick Hell in a Cell preview. Uh, we don't know per se the full card because SmackDown is this Friday. But like I said, I'm not going to get into SmackDown before uh, Hell in a Cell actually happens. Uh, maybe we'll do like a quick little recap or something, me and Marsh, while uh, Hell in a Cell is happening. So especially if there's anything poignant that happens on, uh, on SmackDown. So, All right, let's jump into Hell in a Cell. As of now, we literally have WrestleMania Hell in a Cell. When you look back at the build, everything kind of seems cluttered. We have so many different players all over the place. We got people getting released. But match for match, we have a fucking pay-per-view card. As of now, and barring any last-minute ads from Raw, which I doubt, and barring any ads from SmackDown, and if it comes from SmackDown, it'll probably IC title. If it is IC title, it'll probably be on the pre-show. There's five matches for Hell in a Cell. But these five matches are WrestleMania worthy without question. WrestleMania worthy. One of them, two of them really, have already been on WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre in a last chance Hell in a Cell match where they will face for the WWE Championship. And if Drew McIntyre loses, he cannot he can no longer face Bobby Lashley for the championship. Bobby needs to win this so Drew can go away. I don't think we'll ever get that. Fuck. It just sucks. It just It's so deflating to even think about the match. So, shouts, WWE. You've turned, you've turned me into a not wanting to see this fan. Shouts. Match two that's already been on WrestleMania is Ray Ripley versus Charlotte Flair in the, you know, PC uh, one big-ass fan in attendance. WrestleMania. I have high hopes for this match because I said this shit fucking three years ago, and Mrs. TW Takes can vouch for this, that Ray Ripley will give Charlotte Flair her best match ever. I am absolutely hoping that Charlotte takes getting bloodied personal, brings it to Rhea, but Rhea doesn't cower down and beats the shit out of Charlotte. In other words, just gives her a return enough to where they can both hit each other. Charlotte's biggest problem to me is she seems afraid to hit people, connect, and resignate as her size. She does everything around who the people are and never follows through. If she can trust that Ray is going to take the punishment, which they basically did at WrestleMania 2020, this match can fucking deliver. But the build has been wonky. Charlotte's character is not resignating. Fucking uh, Ray is playing tit for tat with Charlotte. So let's see. 
I, I thought this past Monday was the best Ray has looked since WrestleMania. And basically, I think it's because she's not cowering to the queen anymore. She's not letting uh, Charlotte take advantage of her in the up-and-comer sense where you need to kiss the ring type shit. So let's see how this goes. Uh, Bianca versus Bailey. Look, we had this whole feud running up to Royal Rumble. We had great matches out of it. The cool thing is, is that they haven't wrestled leading into this, especially Bailey. I'm thinking this match might steal the show. As far as in-ring goes, just in-ring, this match might steal the show. Uh, we get everything from Bailey every time she's out there. She makes every opponent look fucking phenomenal. I'm super excited for this match. The build has been, again, like I said, doing 50-50 booking on the laughing. I hate it. doesn't make sense. Uh, it gives you two heels. We don't need that. And, uh, yeah, so let's see. Let's see how this match ends up. Uh, we also have Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler in what is, quote, a singles match. Um, look, they did it on Monday, right? We had we had Alexa versus Nia in a really good singles match. I would be curious to see how Shayna is affected from two weeks ago on Raw and to see if Alexa is still this strong. I mean, look, she broke down Nia, had Nia on her knees, beat her up pretty good. Is she going to be able to get that kind of offense in on Shayna? And is Shayna going to be affected from the Lily attack? We'll see. We'll see. It's very possible. Very, very possible that that's a vulnerability in itself. So I don't need to hear everyone on Twitter after the match, oh, my God, I can't believe Shayna lost to her. No, they're building this the right way. So let's see how it goes. And last but not least, uh, Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio inside Hell in a Cell. I do believe the SmackDown leading into uh, Hell in a Cell, they're going to put the tag titles up against the Universal title. I feel like that's going to happen. And I feel like Roman will beat the shit out of the Mysterios inside Hell in a Cell just to prove to his cousins how good he is. And I think that would be fucking dope. Uh, if that doesn't happen, look, Rey Mysterio versus Roman Reigns, this Roman versus this Rey, fantastic. I wouldn't have it any other way. Them wrestling four years ago or whatever it was, um, it doesn't hit the same because that Roman wasn't, as much as he was always into selling, his offense was never as deliberate as it is now. And Ray has never slowed down like he does now. I think this match is going to be fucking awesome. If Bianca and Bailey have too many misses, then this is your match of the night, and it won't be close. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm super excited for the watch along. Again, on my Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, also, the same over for Wrestling on a Rock. So if there's any issue on either one of the sides, come over to us. Uh, we'll be doing bro dual broadcasting a watch along. TibbyTakesPodcast.com for all audio platforms. Uh, also, the video platforms are there too. So if you just want a quick link, go to TibbyTakesPodcast.com and check out the links there. They're all labeled proper to where they end up going. Uh, check out the merch, TibbyTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs. Ship it international. Make sure you click your location uh, to help offset the cost of shipping. I am the most affordable, fastest shipping merchandise in the podcast game. Also, check out tbtakespodcast.com slash into the chaos for Mr. Chaos from the Chaos Theory Podcast, his mixtape, uh, Into the Chaos. Uh, give him some love there. Look, promo code TWTakes for 25% off your first purchase, one-time use per customer. And then check out our guys, Chaos Theory Podcast, who does uh, live video podcasts every Tuesday. Wrestling on the Rocks. 
live on Twitch Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, Good Cop, Bad Cop on Visionaries Global Media. They, they come out every Sunday. Check those guys out. There's a, a, a promo code attached to them as well. And support us all, man. Support us all on our side of the IWC. We're doing really, really fun things. Appreciate y'all hanging out and stop by for the watch along. I'll probably be giving away some t-shirts and maybe uh, another special promo code just to see what's up. All right. You know what it is. So with that being said, review if you do, rate if you feel, follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. Until next time.